0: I'm a nerd,
1: and uh, I'm pretty proud of it.
2: Rise and shine, nerds.
1: You're tuned in to episode 476 of the Back Row Morning Show, proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and a nerd culture missionary here at LTN. I'm a third-generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd.
2: And I'm Mo, chief cohort and crazy, here to bring facts and fire to your day and I really need coffee.
1: Today on the show, five life lessons from Matt Reeves, the Batman.
2: Also on the show today. It's this guy's loss, honestly.
1: But first, today is Thursday, May 5th, 2022, and we got some holidays to celebrate.
2: That's right. It's National Cartoonist Day. Hey, you're a cartoonist.
1: I, any, I mean not
2: really I mean an amateur cartoonist for sure, but you're definitely oh, oh, you can-cop to that, yeah. You you can draw some Pretty. I can. If I cool focus. Cool cartoon. If I cartoonies. focus.
1: I could. I could do it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, it's also National Hoagie Day.
1: Hoagies, grinders, sub sandwiches,
2: sliders.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> the things I'm saying are all the same sandwich. <laughs> the thing that you're saying is. Just... Not
2: nah. one of these things is not like <laughs> the other. One of these things
1: just isn't the same. <laughs> Hoagies, grinders, soap sandwiches, <laughs> radiators. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I thought we were just yelling out words. <laughs> Albuquerque snorkel. See, I can do it too. <laughs>
2: Kick rocks, man. Kick rocks. Oh, it is also Cinco de Mayo, oh. which is just the fifth of May.
1: What? You, what is? I don't. I don't know. think I've ever really known. No, it's. I know that's what that means. I know Cinco de Mayo means fifth of May, but it's a thing. I don't know what the thing is.
2: Is it not Mexico's Independence Day? Is that what it is? I really think it is.
1: That makes sense. I'm
2: fairly certain.
1: Probably that, 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 that makes sense.
2: But here. the fact that you don't know it kind of has me worried. <laughs> hmm. I'm just gonna type in Mexico's <laughs> Independence <What>? Day. <laughs> no. <mm-mm. laughs> no, it's 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 September sixteenth, yeah. is their Independence Day.
1: This celebrates See? okay, hold on. This celebrates the date of the Mexican army's victory over France. And that's where the thing cuts off. Uh, At the Battle of Puebla during the Franco-Mexican War uh, in 1862. Okay, so see? This is a whole thing. This is a whole thing that's not easy to remember (laughs) (laughs) if it's not a part of your specific heritage. Absolutely. (laughs)
2: Right. For us, Uh, Cinco de Mayo just means tacos and margaritas.
1: Uh, and it's also National Day of Prayer. The National Day of Prayer.
2: Yeah, I'm probably going to need to pray.
1: First Thursday in May. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need it. We need it this week. Mm. Here on LTN Radio, we have started adding hosts to some of our music blocks with uh, the eventual plan to do that with all of them. Now, the difference between a hosted music block and a show like this one is that the host only talks for their roughly. 12 to 15 minutes that spread across the hour while playing a bunch of dope curated music through that hour. Our first new hosted segment is our Tuesday night fresh block, which is a block where the music chosen is from the latest 100 additions to the rotation, the latest singles or album cuts, some of which might not even be playing on any other station yet because we don't wait for the hits to come. We make them. Our new host is Hudson, and he spends his time sharing about some amazing nerdy things that you can check out and enjoy. So this morning, we're going to share with you one of his recent topics on board games for play at every level.
0: What's up, nerds? This is Hudson, host of Tuesday Night Fresh on LTN Radio, where we curate a playlist from the latest 100 tracks added to the station just for you. Plus, you get to spend some time with me discussing the freshest stuff in nerd culture. Here's what we talked about this past week. Let's talk about some board games. Now, I feel like a good DJ sets up a great lineup of music. And here on LTN, uh, they've set up some great music for us to listen to, but a good board game dj kind of does the same thing i set you up with some great games where i expect you to have a great time so we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about my favorite light or party game so uh let's start there in the next segment come back we'll talk about some medium weight games and then we're going to end on those crunchy heavy thinky board games it might take i don't know two three four hours to play Uh, But let's start with some party games, right? Let's say that you get invited to go to somebody's house and you do not want to play Cards Against Humanity one more time. You're like, please don't make me go through that. Let me give you some new ones that are easy to get to the table that actually have some decisions and some strategy here's where i would start the first one is totally light you need to look it up they got it at target so swing by there pick it up it's called blank slate now this is an easy game it's basically everybody gets their own little dry erase board and then somebody says a phrase that has a blank either before it or after it so it might be like i don't know what's a good one i can think of like yard blank and then everybody writes down on their their little piece of paper. So it might be yard sign or yard sale or yard stick or whatever. And so then one by one, you announce what your word is, and then you are looking for matches. Ultimately, you really only want one person in the group to match you. So it's like you and one other person are on the same wavelength. If that happens, you get three points. If more than one person matches you, then you get one point. So a bunch of people said yard sale then okay i still get a point but it's not as great as if only one person did and if nobody matches you obviously you get nothing so you can't think too obscure but you can't think too uh group think either so it's a lot of fun it's easy to explain and play i just told you how to play the game and it has never not worked for me this game is so easy to teach so much fun to play and you'll probably want to play a few rounds of this uh, the second recommendation i will give you is one called camel up now this is a crazy chaotic betting game where you are going to be uh telling betting on these crazy camels that go around and you're racing and there are different legs of the race and you're betting every single time on what you think is going to happen there are ways you can even change the outcome there are things that you can do lots of strategy this game never i repeat never turns out the way you think it's going to turn out there is always chaos there is always a lot of no way i can't believe it how did that work out all those kinds of phrases you're going to say and by the end of the night you're going to love it it is amazing the new version by I think it's Eckert Uh, Anyways, I don't know the name of the company, but whoever makes camel up they they've got a great one And so go pick up a copy. The new version is amazing and I want to tell you some good medium weight games So what is a medium weight game? It's a game that probably takes a little bit more explanation So it's not like uno, you know, where you just pick a card play a card those games are fun, but uh, This medium weight game is maybe one that has a little bit more rules like you might spend 20 to 30 minutes explaining how to play the game and then you dive into it everybody plays maybe this game takes an hour or 90 minutes and for some people when i even say a game could take an hour they're like what (laughs) like they're used to uno and they're used to uh connect four and sorry and all of that they're like no i don't want to play an hour-long game because in their minds they're thinking monopoly right and flipping the table and getting mad at thanksgiving but this is not what i'm talking about like these medium weight games are uh can be very approachable They're not that difficult to understand, but there are some layers to get through. So if you're looking for a game that maybe takes it up another notch, let me start with my absolute favorite board game of all time, and that is Raiders of the North Sea. This is what we call a worker placement game. I'm not going to get too deep into that, but basically the idea is that you're going to be placing a worker down onto the board and you get something. But this game, because it's not just a symbol game, there's kind of another level to that where you're going to be picking up another worker and getting to do what that does too anyways it's a great gorgeous looking game it's all about vikings going on raids and you're trying to get all these kind of different victory points from these different places it is a wonderful game it is a little bit more difficult than say uh the intro games the party games it's a step up from camel up but it is so worth it to invest and see what that new level is like now the second one that I want to talk is another worker placement game. I seem to love those a lot. But this one is called The Lost Ruins of Arnak. It was a brand new game uh, a couple years ago and it was my favorite game of the year. It is an absolutely amazing game. Looks gorgeous on the table is relatively medium weight easy to teach and uh the, but there's still a ton to do in it and at the beginning of the game you can't really do that much this is what they call a deck builder where i have a deck of cards that as the game goes along i'm adding more cards to it which gives me more things that i can do and so but at the beginning of the game it doesn't really feel like you can do much but by the fifth round of the game i think there's five rounds by the fifth round of the game uh you are just doing so much and your turns last longer You're able to do this, which allows me to do that. And then I'm going to go up on the research track. Anyways, it's just a lot of fun. It's pretty cool uh, to get to the table. Most people that have played it with me, especially those that love Lost or Raiders of the North Sea, they really enjoy Lost Ruins of Arnek. So anyways, two solid recommendations with gorgeous artwork that aren't that difficult to teach. Check them out and let me know what you think. And let's go to the deep end, my friend. We're going down. We're not in the shallow kiddie pool anymore. We're not in the medium level. We've gone all the way down to the deep end. Let's talk about some heavy, heavy board games. Now, these are two completely different heavy board games. So let me start with a very classic. uh, I I wouldn't say that this is classic, but this this is what everyone would consider to be a heavy board game. Because I'm a sucker for gorgeous art and amazing components, this one pulls me right in, and this one is called Feudum. The board art is gorgeous. It's so cool. It looks amazing. The pieces, it's this whimsical, crazy, artistic world with these muted off colors. It's just so cool. I love it. But, but here's the problem with Feudum. It is incredibly difficult to teach. In fact, even with my game group that loves heavy board games, this one took us a while to dive into because uh, to explain it, there's a lot of complicated parts. It has its own economy in the game that if you are not working the economy, the whole game bogs down. I remember we played it the first time, we got through it, we made a lot of mistakes, but then the second time, we all got together for a weekend of gaming, and we played this game two time, two or three times, I can't remember, back to back to back. It was just like... Do y'all want to play this? Yes, it took us forever to learn. And then we said, well, let's play it again right away so that we could figure it out. But you're still talking like a two to three hour board game. It is incredibly uh, complicated, but it is so rewarding once you figure it out because this is an open world board game where you can go anywhere and do anything that you want to do and try different strategies. And and, and, and I can't really explain it. I'm not even going to try to because there's so much to it, but it is a heavy, thinky board game and there's a lot of great stuff going on, so check it out. Okay, the second recommendation that I have is a board game that I would consider heavy, but mainly just because of the time that it takes to play, and this is for all my Star Wars fans. It's called Star Wars Rebellion. This is like playing an entire movie on a board game. It is so epic, amazing board game pieces, hold yourself it's pretty expensive now but if you can track down a copy and play you will have the best 2 to 3 hours maybe 4 if you're slow best 2 to 3 to 4 hours of playing a board game and it is epic basically the way that it works is someone gets to play as the empire and someone gets to play as the rebellion and of course as classic star wars goes the empire is looking for the rebel base and so you are trying as the rebels to hide and scheme and get away from them so that they can't find your base and if you can hold them off long enough then you will win the game but as the empire if you are playing as them then you have to search the universe the galaxy to try to find the rebel base and squash them out it is so much fun it is like hide and seek cat and mouse back and forth Uh, this is mainly a two-player game you can't play it as four i've never done that but a two-player game two people sit down battle it out risk and survive it is so much fun to go online and check them out Now that you're all caught up on what you missed last Tuesday, make sure you join me next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern for the next episode of Fresh. You'll hear more from me and some of the best and newest Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie only on LTN Radio.
1: hope you enjoyed that spotlight on Hudson and the great work he does on Tuesday Night Fresh. You can catch all the back episodes of his content on the LTN Specials podcast. All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, we've got your weird news for the day. Stick around. This week in Nerd History, may the fourth be with you. This is a common pun heard every year at the beginning of May, marking the official Star Wars Day. But our younger nerds might not realize that this is a relatively new celebration. In 2011, the first organized celebration of Star Wars Day took place in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, at the Toronto Underground Cinema. Festivities included an original trilogy trivia game show, a costume contest with celebrity judges, and the web's best tribute films, mashups, parodies, and remixes on the big screen. The second annual edition took place on Friday, May 4th, 2012, to much the same fanfare, but after two years of indie success, in 2013 it became official, as Disney celebrated the holiday as well, with several Star Wars events and festivities at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Why? Because in late 2012, Disney had purchased Lucasfilm, and were gearing up to produce a whole mess of Star Wars content. So, of course, having a yearly holiday celebrating the franchise was in their best interests. However, Star Wars Day existed several years before 2011, originally held on May 25th, the day A New Hope was released in theaters. It was declared Star Wars Day by the Los Angeles City Council to celebrate its 30th anniversary in 2007. However, Star Wars Day has officially moved, and in its place on May 25th is Geek Pride Day. One last fun fact is that the earliest known use of the phrase, May the 4th be with you, actually occurred on May 4th 1979, just two years after the movie's release, one day after Margaret Thatcher was elected as the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Her political party placed an advertisement in the newspaper that included the phrase, May the 4th be with you Maggie. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt.
2: And I'm Mo. And hey, make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search for at the Back Row LTN and connect with us.
1: Now it's time for Mo's fact of the
2: day. John Leach was the first artist to be called a cartoonist, and is credited for the very first published comic, a piece that appeared in Punch Magazine on July 15th, 1843, and was titled, Cartoon Number 1, Substance and Shadow.
1: And now it's time for SSA news.
2: We're going to share a weird news story with you and build a white answer card for a future Sunday school answers pack.
1: Woman says she was ghosted after telling her match that she wanted oh, to name her baby Megatron. Megatron. da 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 Woman got sacked... A, <laughs> sacked. A, mm, I don't know if that's an appropriate yeah, think, phrase. I'm not going to say the whole like phrase. That. I'm not going to say it. am not going to say it. Okay. Woman got ghosted on a dating app after telling a guy she wanted to name her child Megatron. Now, navigating the plethora of dating apps isn't easy. You overanalyze every photo you select for your profile, every fun anecdote or quirky quote in your bio, any detail about yourself that may be interpreted as strange or unlikable. That is, of course... Uh, then, of course, there's the actual chat itself. Some have the gift of textual gab. Others fling whatever they can at the wall with the hope that something sticks. And a few use the tried and tested line over and over again. But for Emily Forney, she shared her recent tale on the dating uh, of dating app Whoa on Twitter where she wrote, I was on a dating app and a guy jokingly wrote, what should we name our first child? as his intro message. And I had to tell him that in fifth grade I lost a bet to my best friend Hannah and have to, without question, name my first born child Megatron. And then the man unmatched me. <laughs> well then. I mean, that's a pretty forward opening question, right? It is, and. That's like, that's not, that's before high. He's all, what should we name our first child? So clearly he's he's either Either a nut bar or he's coming into this with a humorous idea, right?
2: And so if he's coming into it with a humorous idea, he should be able to take a clearly humorous answer.
1: You would think. Mm. (laughs) It is uh, unclear whether Emily was a really big Transformers fan. But for those who've clearly not spent enough time uh, in Quahog for a family guy. That is actually uh, the daughter's name in Family Guy. It's Megatron. I think she goes by Meg in the series.
2: Is it really?
1: (laughs) It's written on her birth certificate. What? (laughs) Anyway, the tweet uh, for sharing that story has uh, racked up over half a million likes. And uh, even Nicki Minaj caught sight of it and uh, retweeted it with the note, his loss. What a dope name. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
2: I really do think she was winning here. Like, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that brings us to today's wide answer card.
2: The answer card we'll be adding to our future expansion deck of Sunday School Answers is Naming My Firstborn Child Megatron.
1: Nothing to change there. That was perfect for a card.
2: This has been SSA News, sponsored by BackrowGames.com.
1: All right, let's take another quick break.
2: When we come back, we dive into our main topic.
1: Stick around.
0: here at love thy nerd emphasize thoughtful content visit lovethynerd.com for a host of amazing articles and a whole network of nerdy podcasts and follow us on twitch at twitch.tv slash love thy nerd and twitch.tv slash ltn on air where you'll find game streams live podcast recordings and more amazing interactive content
2: or don't. We're not your parents and we won't be mad. Just disappointed.
1: Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt.
2: And I'm Mo. And Matt and I have been doing this for years, quickly approaching our 500th morning show. You can catch roughly the last 150 episodes in the podcast feed, but you can do a deeper dive into our archives and catch nearly every single episode ever in our Discord. Join us at backrowdiscord.com and visit our podcast archives channel.
1: This week, we are learning lessons from Batman.
2: We've covered Tim Burton's Batman, Christopher Nolan's Batman, and Zack Snyder's Batman. And today, we're taking Matt Reeves, the Batman, played by Robert Pattinson, and pulling our life lessons. Oh, (laughs) now this movie is still in theaters and just recently added to HBO Max. Many folks have yet to see it. We're going to try and share some stuff that is less spoilery, things that aren't huge details and already shared in trailers or what have you. But however, we can't guarantee that. So if you haven't caught the latest movie and don't want anything being spoiled, you might want to come back to this podcast after you watch it.
1: All right. Lesson number one <clears throat> you cannot do everything.
2: That. That was hard for you to say, huh?
1: It was. (laughs) This is a lesson (laughs) I desperately need to know and be reminded of constantly. So Batman uses fear to do a lot of his heavy lifting. Even Gordon admits that the bat signal is just as much a reminder to criminals that Batman is out there as it is a communication tool. The reason is Gotham is a big place and Batman cannot be everywhere at once. Mm -hmm. Lesson, don't overstretch yourself. You are a fragile human being and you are not meant to handle everything on your own. God grants you stamina, but he also commands your rest. In addition, he commands you to work with others. Be okay with not being a one-man or one-woman army. That's the quick path to burnout. Now, like I say, that is probably the number one lesson out of all the 20 that we pulled out this week. That I have to constantly remind myself of. Mm. Because as you mentioned, like with the sound system thing, like I, I, (laughs) that's mine. (laughs) Don't touch it.
2: You want it done right.
1: (laughs) We used to have a team of rotating people that did it. (laughs) Now it's just me every Sunday. And that comes to much clarity on Sundays that I can't be here. And then people scramble and don't know what to do. (laughs) And on the one hand, that's kind of job security for me. <laughs> uh, because every time I come back, like, thank goodness you're back. Uh-huh. We had no idea what to do without you. It was the worst Sunday yeah. ever. On the <laughs> other hand, hopefully they don't realize that's my failure. That's my failure for not actually building a team. And that's something that Bubba here at LTN gets on to me for. And I am actively working to to figure out is building a team that can mm-hmm. actually could run things if i had to step away. Right. And so i i I'm, I'm going against my my nature and i am doing that. Uh but it's hard. It's hard to give up control sometimes. And that's not just in work uh or ministry, but sometimes that's in a family. Um sometimes we don't sometimes we don't trust our spouses or sometimes we don't trust our kids to do the right thing or you know, there's some parents that do their homework for their kids because they're afraid of the future for their children. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Honestly, there are probably far more situations where that is reality to people than what anybody even realizes, Hmm. you know, and all In our mind, we have this guise of, well, I'm doing it for good,
1: Mm -hmm. you know? I'm helping.
2: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I'm only picking on Matt because he's here and I can. But, (laughs) you know, if he lets anybody else into into the sound system, into the sound booth on Sunday, then they might be worshiping. Instead of clicking through the slides and hindering other people's worship, mm-hmm. you know, they may get the slides messed up for Pastor Johnny as he's preaching and needs the different slides pulled up. And then nobody really, nobody likes it when the pastor's like, I need that second slide. No, not that one. The second one, when he's awkwardly talking to the people in the sound booth <laughs> and the entire congregation is like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, that's. All for the guise of, so that worship will flow. Right. So that it will go off without any hindrances, no issues, and it would all be good. Yep. But really.
1: (laughs) Get some help. (laughs) Number two, doubt is natural. So at the start of this movie, Bruce Wayne has only been Batman for about two years. And he admits that in that time, it seems things have only gotten worse in Gotham. He wants to say he's making a difference, but he admits he doesn't know. So, of course, we know that he is making a difference, but what we see from the outside is different from what we see in our own lives. It's hard to see the end results of a lot of what we do in the moment, especially in ministry. Even sharing the gospel is something that we may never see bloom in someone else's life. That doesn't mean that it isn't worth doing. You'll doubt your purpose. You may even doubt God. It's normal. Keep working. In your doubt, things will come around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think uh, I, I I think we get into the mindset that if we doubt, we convince ourselves maybe we're not even Christians to begin with, yes. uh, or or maybe our our salvation just didn't take, mm-hmm. or maybe we meant it then, but uh, we didn't know what we were getting into or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. And in reality, that's just a time of struggle. Well, we've seen a lot of. We've seen a lot of like artists and uh, Christian Christian bands and stuff like that getting going through like deconstructions. Mm-hmm. And while there might not necessarily be anything wrong with deconstructing your faith, you you should go into it with the desire to come out of it a stronger believer. I think a lot of people call what they're doing deconstruction, but really it's giving themselves permission. To leave the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I say that because their reasoning for leaving the faith is always very shallow and not thought out. Mm-hmm. Like, there are hypocrites in the church. Yes, we all know this. We all know they are hypocrites. We're all hypocrites that's, in the church. Yeah. Because we're not going to be Christ-like all the time. Yeah. It's impossible.
2: We're human.
1: <laughs> and so if that's one of your reasons... For leaving the church, then it's not because of God. For leaving Christianity, it's not because of God. Mm -hmm. That means you didn't work on your relationship with God at all, that your entire faith was based on other people. Yeah. We can't do that. We can't give ourselves an out and let doubts um, be the justification for just running away. And if you stick through those doubts and keep working in those doubts. Just like in a marriage, if you keep working through the hard years and you keep doing what you're supposed to do through the hard times, you come out the other side nine times out of 10 stronger than when you went in. And so when doubts, when struggles come up in your life and they will stick with it, you will almost certainly come out better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, number three, rely on the skill of others. Now this might sound similar to something we already said, but give me a second. Okay. The Riddler's puzzles are, are, get tougher and tougher as the movie goes on, and it quickly gets to the point where Batman cannot solve them alone. But Alfred was able to use his skills he picked up in the service to nearly crack a cipher. You are not meant to do everything. And sometimes you are specifically meant to step aside and let others shine. Mm -hmm. You're not meant to be proficient in everything. And by stepping aside, you might be helping others grow in confidence and Mm self-worth. So this is more a continuation on that first lesson is that. Your stepping aside is a stepping stone for other people to grow.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So it's not just about protecting your own burnout, but it's about putting other people in a position to lead their own ministries or lead their own jobs, lead their own families. You step aside and give someone else the opportunity to uh, become better. Mm -hmm. And so again, going back to that um, discussion with, you know, Bubba and I have, All the time is that it's not just about, you know, making sure that the radio station is covered. If I'm gone, it's about developing leaders. It's leaders making leaders. Mm -hmm. And so we want to, to build up people to be in a position that one day when we step down, there's someone else who's ready to take over the position right? and that they're equipped for it. They're ready to go because they have been built up into that position by that point. Mm -hmm. And, uh. That's that's not only the right thing to do, but it is a very noble thing to do. And it's something that you might not think about doing, because, again, most of society is on that track of you get ahead yourself. You make yourself invaluable. You step on other people to get ahead. You climb the ladder however you can. Instead of you climb the ladder and then. Reach help out a hand to help mm-hmm. someone else climb up, too. Mm-hmm.
2: I I also think that it's a, a bit of a, um, you know, if we step aside, if we drop the ball in some way and we're no longer overseeing whatever it is. And then it falls apart and it fails. Well, then that failure is on us. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times it's easier to just continue carrying the ball, just continue doing the job, taking care of business like you've always done instead of possibly facing the fear. And the reality of it changing, Mm -hmm. you know, it not looking exactly the same way as it did when you were leading it. And I don't know. With VBS.
1: Mm. That's a great example already. I can tell. (laughs) It
2: was... I was kind of put into the position of VBS director, and I'm incredibly thankful that I was. But Kevin, without a doubt, threw it on me and said... I asked, are we having VBS? And he said, you want to direct it? And I was like, uh, I guess... Never, never even attended a VBS my entire life. Had two weeks to plan it. And for six years after that, and seven years after that, and two different churches, I continued to serve as VBS director and loved it. Loved it.
1: And might I say, did a fantastic job.
2: I. Thank you. <laughs> I really, I don't think that aside from Celebrate Recovery, I don't think that there's ever been another ministry that I've worked in that I've loved as much as VBS. Ouch. Now, th- Hold on. <laughs> that being said, that being said, you have to remember it's a short ministry, mm-hmm. you know, it's just for a week in the summer that I'm really doing anything, right? you know, and a few months leading up to it of small planning. Also, I can't work with kids on a regular
1: basis. <laughs> <laughs> Says the school librarian. I know, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but for VBS, I can. Anyway, all of that to be said, I was terrified that if I did not continue being VBS director... That there wasn't going to be a VBS. Mm. And that if there was, then it wasn't going to look the same and the kids were going to hate it. And it was just going to be the worst thing ever. But I felt a huge heaviness that I could not do all of the things. I could not devote the amount of time to LTN that I needed to.
1: Mm.
2: And Celebrate Recovery was opening up a door in ministry for me again. And I knew that that was something that I was being called to do and I couldn't do all of the things. There's no way while continuing to have a home and a family and children (laughs) who actually love and care about me. Um, So I reluctantly stepped down and guess what happened, Matt?
1: Hmm.
2: A very amazing, very well-equipped possibly better than myself, VBS director stepped in place. And for the last two summers, she has done a phenomenal job Mm -hmm. to the point to where I cry when I see her up on the stage, not because I'm like, man, I wish that was me, but it's, she does a phenomenal job. She does so well. And had I just continued to chug along and, just do what I've always done, there would have come a time where I would have burnt out and BBS would not have been as good as it had been in years past. And I would be holding her back from Mm -hmm. serving in a ministry that God has called her to. Yep. Yep. Anyway.
1: Perfect example. That's just my two Perfect cents. Perfect example. It really is.
2: I went on a tangent. Sorry.
1: That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I do too much of that. You don't do enough.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Lesson number four, be generous. So in this movie, through a half conversation with Bella Real, a uh, mayoral candidate, we find out that while Bruce and, um, no, Mm-mm. I'm sorry, that's not his name, Mm-mm. Thomas, Thomas go. and Martha were generous in supporting the community. Uh, since their death, Bruce has not continued on in that, uh, so the lesson, we should have a generous spirit. This might not always be in the form of cash money, but uh, a generous spirit is an outstretch of love. Giving to bless a struggling family, bringing meals to those who are sick, giving rides to church to those without a car, donating whatever you can, even giving in the offering. You should have a spirit of giving until it hurts. Denying yourself a little to bless others a lot. That shows a massive amount of spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. We were talking in um, our Bible study this past week, um, talking about how we're, go- we're going through Psalm 23, verse by verse, and there's only six verses, so it's a really quick study. But <laughs> we're talking about the, the, the valley of shadow of death, you know, mm-hmm. and how um, God has used others to kind of be a light in that time. And, like, four of us in the room all essentially said the same thing. One of our parents died, and during that time, people just kept bringing food.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as, as uh, like, minor as that sounds, it is such a big load off your shoulders, number one, mm-hmm. in a time where you don't want to do anything mm-hmm. because you're grieving and struggling. But it is also such a sign of love and care and comfort from people that don't owe you this, but want to do this for you. Because maybe there's not another way at this moment that they can help. But if they can take just a little bit load off your shoulder and show you that you love them and that you're thinking about them and praying for them, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it means a lot to people. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that sticks with you in times like that. You are making changes in people's hearts that you might not realize. Like for you, it might just be a couple hundred bucks that you're donating to help get a kid to camp. But to that kid, that's number one, someone in the church that is investing in them. Mm -hmm. And number two could be the catalyst for his complete life change.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Like you never know how God is going to use the generosity that you uh, are exhibiting to change someone else's lives. God doesn't need your money to do anything. God doesn't need your generosity to change the world, but he wants you to have that spirit and we can get tricked easily (laughs) in that too. So it, it is important for you to be diligent in in what you're giving to,
2: mm-hmm.
1: don't just let it be a oh send us a thousand dollar seed, and God will bless you more, because that's always the gimmick, right? It's all with 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 the prosperity gospel stuff. It's not really generosity when the only reason you're sowing a seed quote unquote into Kenneth Copeland ministries or whatever is because God's going to give it back to you tenfold. That's not generosity. That's gambling. God wants you to bless because it's a part of your heart, your growth in the spirit.
2: Mm-hmm. I um, This is the second time this week that I have heard. God doesn't need your money. So I just, I had to chuckle there.
1: (laughs) Um,
2: But also I heard earlier this week, you know, to be a Christian is to be Christ-like. And when we consider Christ, when we consider God at, at their core character, they are the most generous, the most sacrificial, the most giving. And if we... Are to call ourselves Christians and be Christ-like, then at the end of the day, we cannot not be generous.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Last lesson, number twenty of the whole week: be a light for people. So this is kind of spoilery here. Um, it's just a part of like the finale, but just in case. <laughs> But when a big fight goes down toward the end, the arena goes dark. Batman is used to working in the dark. But with people trying to find their way out of the arena to safety, he had to become the light. He pulled a bat flare out of his utility belt, ignited it, and led people away from danger. Just like the Bible tells us to be a light of the world and not hide it under the basket, we are to shine the light of Jesus to all people yes, your relationship with Christ is a personal one. And yes, our world is more and more critical of expressing your faith, but the price we pay for hiding this light is allowing those around us to die without Jesus, to live without hope and to be shrouded in darkness. Hmm. So sometimes we have to come out of the comfort of our own shadows and be willing to be light to people that need it. Even if they reject that light, you've done the right thing by shining it. And like we said um, a couple of days ago, you know the Bible makes it clear that that when we share the light of Christ, God uses that light to basically infect the darkness and bring the darkness into the light, also to make it light, also. God uses terrible situations. For good in the end, if we surrender them to him, God can take all the darkness in our lives. And if we are able to lay that at his feet, he will turn it into light that will guide others to safety. So in every way that you can be a beacon of Christ's love, people flock to the light the more light there is in this dark world, the better. But the world's only going to get darker if we keep that light to ourselves, if we hide it and protect it for us and not give it to anyone else, to not give it away, to not shine.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember when it was or... I know that we were in Italy, Um, so sometime early 2000s, um, I heard a pastor say, there's no amount of darkness that can hide even the smallest light. Mm -hmm. When you walk into a room that's completely dark, if there's a small amount of light shining you will see it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It is visible. And so for me, I kind of think about, you know, in the world as it seems to, to believers, as it seems to be getting more and more dark. Um, and it's less and less easy for us to shine our light. Our light doesn't always have to be a huge flame. You know, sometimes it can just be the smallest amount of light, but it still makes an impact in the darkness. It's still seen. And just like you said, people flock to the light. Before we know it, that light is going to be an overwhelming light, but we can't just sit on it, hide it under a bushel, no, (laughs) I'm going to let it shine. (laughs) <laughs> right?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, that ends our discussion this week on the life lessons we can learn from the many Batmen that have graced our screens.
0: What's up, nerd? Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Tune in to LTN Radio for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie 24-7. Not to mention a whole network of podcasts, shows, specials, and shorts, many of which air on LTN Radio before they're available anywhere else. Join us at LTNOnAir.com to see our schedule, stream our station, and download our app.
2: back to the Backroom Morning Show. I'm Mo.
1: And I'm Radio Matt. Before we go, we're going to answer an Ask Us Anything question from Twitch.
2: Today's question comes from our friend KY. And she asks, if you had to watch a movie at home right now, what would you pick?
1: Like right now, right now?
2: Steel Magnolias.
1: Central Intelligence. There you go. (laughs) I love me uh, a... uh, a vehicle for the rock and kevin hart and that was a good one. Okay. Till Magnolia's, did that have William H. Macy in it? Is that the movie, the right movie I'm thinking of?
2: I don't know who William H. Macy is. <laughs> it had Dolly.
1: I think I'm thinking of something else. And
2: it had Sally Field.
1: Okay, no, I'm thinking of something else. I'm pretty sure. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Anyway,
2: Very disappointed in you.
1: Our friend Tad directed a production of Steel. Assisted directed a production of Steel Magnolias. Your friend Tad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Let's end with our verse for the day
2: Our verse for the day is James 4 8, come close to God and God Will come close to you, wash your hands You sinners, purify your hearts For your loyalty is divided between God and the world
1: And that's going to do it for the back row with Matt and Mo We hope you enjoyed our discussions And hope you'll join us again for our next show
2: Check out lovethynerd.com. It is positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially.